0: This week on Slashers, we're talking about another stupid movie for another week of April Fool's Month. Be sure to stay tuned until the end of the episode for a special track from our friends Gator Shapes. What kind of freakazoid would let someone hunt him just to collect a $50,000? Next question. This is Slashers, a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. My name is Jake, and with me as always is my
1: esteemed colleague, co-host,
0: and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the mutant boon from beyond.
1: What's crackalack?
0: Now, Brian, this is a movie that you picked, so I'm going to let you sell it to me objectively as a (laughs) horror
1: film. A con man gets conned into a game of cat and mouse when he believes he is going on a hunting expedition only to find out that he is the prey.
0: Ba-ba-ba! And so for those of you who didn't (laughs) read the episode description, you're like, oh shit, this is the most dangerous game. But it's not. In true Slasher's April Fool form, we're doing The Pest with John
1: Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Yeah, I'm going to fuck up his name. Probably a couple times this this episode. So sorry about it, guys. If John, if you're listening.
0: He's got better shit to do. Ain't nobody got time to listen <laughs> to our bullshit. Actually, that's the thing. Is everybody has so much time now. They're just like, Well, fuck listening to a podcast about movies. I'm just gonna watch the movie because I have so much free time in quarantine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was explaining that to the, you know, the old ball and chain the other day, and she wasn't really understanding what what was going on. I was like, Hey. Nobody gives a shit. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, they want to listen. Nah, they'll just watch it. I mean, if everybody had a TV attached to their fucking dash of their car, it would be the end of podcasts. Oh,
0: 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, at least like movie review stuff, if it was like informative. But what the hell do I tell you about? I tell you about stuff I researched online. I mean, everything (laughs) I find, you could probably find in a book.
1: So essentially, when all of the cars are automated, we're fucked.
0: Oh, so done. (laughs) <laughs> of all of the adaptations of the most dangerous game we are doing the best because everybody needs a little levity in their life amidst the chaos so as far as the most dangerous game is concerned it's a short story wherein a gentleman is brought to an island and i think he's maroon wow
1: wow you're calling him a gentleman that's interesting coming from an animal lover because the original story he's a big game hunter so i feel like he's anything but Oh, okay.
0: Well, he's a butthead, and he's on an (laughs) island, and then he
1: ends up being hunted. Now,
0: that has happened many times in celluloid form. Shall I regale you with all of the times that this story has been done? Yeah, yeah. So there was the most dangerous game in 1932, a game of death in 45, the dangerous game in 53, run for the sun in 56, bloodlust in 61, the suckers in 72, the woman hunt in 72, Maneater, whoa, whoa, here she comes, which is about, <laughs> in that adaptation, it's very interesting. Instead of a guy hunting them, a guy sicks his trained tigers on a couple, which is interesting. Turkey shoot, slave girls from beyond infinity, Yeah. deadly prey, lethal woman, deadly game, surviving the game, Mine hunters, red werewolf hunter, hounds of Zaroff, and the new The Most Dangerous Game, which is starring Liam Hensworth, and Christoph Waltz, which I watched the trailer for and seems bland. Wasn't there one that just had came out called The Hunt? Yeah, I I don't know that it's exactly the same, but it's close enough to where
1: I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say it came out sometime last year, but nobody really gave a shit about it. I I think they actually canceled it or postponed it. Yeah, it was actually when there was an El Paso shooting. Yep. And they're like... (sighs) <sighs> maybe not. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually real-life shit that kind of happened similarly to what happens in this book, apparently. So, let's see. Robert Hansen, a serial killer who was active in the early 1980s and would kidnap women and release them in Alaska's Nick River Valley. He would then hunt them, armed with a knife and a Ruger Mini-14 rifle. A 2003 American crime drama, The Frozen Ground, starring... John Cusack and Nicolas Cage, go figure, Nick Cage,
0: who's in everything,
1: who's in everything, is based on this case. Hansen was arrested in prison for life where he died of an undisclosed illness. I'd like to say that maybe a girl that he had tried to hunt somehow got into the prison as like a prison guard or something and like exacted her revenge.
0: Or like the ghosts of the women he hunted. Ooh, Ooh spooky. nice.
1: And then also in Zodiac Killer. Uh, essentially, the actual Zodiac killer, not just a stupid movie. Uh, there's a reference to the most dangerous game in the letters that he wrote to the San Francisco Bay Area newspapers. He had included, I quote, "Man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill," and that's kind of creepy, right? Because he was literally hunting people. So,
0: yeah, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that this doesn't get more play. And one thing that I mean, I think we can both agree that the Purge is very much like heavily the same thing of like the rich people abusing the poor people and victimizing them. But I think it's just an expanded universe. like, Oh, well, it's not just that you're hunting them. It's the fact that there's rape and
1: there's murder and there's thievery. The purge is kind of perfect. When you think about it, you have this like social elite and then you have the poor. And that's essentially what the original movie or original book was about. Right. It's this, kind of a poor guy who gets shipwrecked on an Island. And then you have this like wealthy, I want to say it's like a Russian aristocrat in the original. And I mean, obviously it's super easy to switch to a German, right? You're like, eh, it's, it's fine. But yeah, it ain't an American accent. I'll tell you that. (laughs) It totally makes sense because you have the disparity between the two and there's always going to be the fight for survival and the fight for survival is going to be a lot harder on the weak and the people with less fortunate, right? Yeah. It just goes with the territory.
0: Well, it's an underdog story. Can you imagine a scenario? I mean, unless the person being hunted is like a child rapist or something like that, can you imagine any scenario where you like root for the person with the gun chasing the other person in, in like the whole dangerous
1: game scenario? Yeah, it never it never happens. Maybe the guy who ate no. the bat soup, but other than that, nothing. <laughs> is that an actual thing? Is that is that I feel like I feel like honestly there's so many different rumors going on, but that one seems to stick, right? Everybody's like, Oh no, it was like it was clearly somebody that ate a bat. And you're like, Well,
0: I don't where did that even well, come from? <laughs> I'll tell you this. The situation sure is batshit crazy. Wah 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 wah. wah. <laughs> Ryan, I noticed that You're you took ready? some notes on the adaptations. You want to go through some of them? I The only one that I really love is Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. Hour 20 minutes, which makes it the perfect time. And a titties. So many titty, titty, titties, titties, <laughs> titties. Many, many titties, titties. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> with the adaptations, the first one you have is the most dangerous game that came out in 1932. That was the closest you have in comparison to the original story that came out, I want to say, 1924, give or take? I won't fact check you on it, so that's definitely right. Yeah, yeah, actu- actually it is. 1924, where the fuck did I come up with that? It's 1924. da 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 da, da, da. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> that was one goes 1984, as sung oh, by nice. me. There you go. Then you have A Game of Death, came out in 1945, and changes Zaroff into... Eric Krieger, a Nazi in the aftermath of World War II, which, I mean, again, going back to the old Nazi things, it's, it's not hard to do. Then you go to The Suckers in 1972. I got to admit, when you think of the name The Suckers, I don't think of like <laughs> anything, anything that would remind me of the most dangerous game. But it tells of a, a sexploitation version of the story with the hunter using models as his prey interesting I could dig that I might have to do a little homework uh, <laughs> later on and watch that one
0: Brian I'll have, have you <laughs> know you're an independent contractor on the show and you're not an employee so if you develop carpal tunnel syndrome from vigorously <laughs> masturbating
1: I am not it's not a compensable <laughs> injury I'm not paying you <laughs> got it got it that's fine I, I'm sure I'll be watching it and Michelle will come busting into the room I'll be like I'm just doing research leave me alone this is for my <laughs> show no one listens to <laughs> Then you have Hard Target. It came out in 1993. The shift's location in the 1990s New Orleans with homeless Vietnam War veterans voluntarily serving in return for potential payment from a shady businessman as human prey. Ooh. That, I think I've it's seen always that a shady. It's always a shady businessman, right? It's Is that the one where he, like,
0: he blocks up the, uh, the barrel of the gun with like a cigarette and it blows up in the guy's hand?
1: That's actually the one that I'm going to talk about the very end of the movie or very end of the episode. And that's that's called Surviving the Game. But we'll get into that one a little bit later. Hey, Brian, you know the funny thing about the game? You just lost it. Oh, (laughs) that's right. And then you have The Hunt that came out in 2020. uh, Well, 2019, 2020. And that follows 12 captured strangers who are hunted for sport by wealthy elites. Kind of sounds like it's a little bit like something else we're covering. And the film was originally going to be released on t- September 27th, 2019, but release was postponed in response to Dayton and El Paso mass shootings in early August 2019. It was released on March 13th, 2020, which was this week? Last week? Two weeks ago? Something like that?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. God it's... damn
1: it. Dates are hard.
0: Well, <laughs> the sad thing is it's like... That movie's so fucking cursed because it actually did get pretty decent reviews, but it's like, all right, now it's people in quarantine protocols, so they're not fucking leaving their houses. So first it was moved from August because of the, the multiple shootings. Then it was moved to this
1: and nobody is there. Oh, yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if like any of these movies that are like, t- it's too late for them to kind of cancel or postpone. And it's it's like it's not early enough to where they can be like, well, we're going to reshoot later. If they can't just go direct to DVD or direct to fucking stream, I guess it wouldn't be direct to DVD. Nobody fucking does that anymore. But like, you know what I mean? Direct just direct to stream or something. Yeah, there's a lot of talk of a few movies that are
0: in you know the bigger ones at least being delayed entirely. Shooting is like stopped on the Batman and stuff. One of the things that's really interesting is like the New Mutants, and I can talk about this because it's vaguely horror. It's really sad because that movie has sat on the shelf for over a year since the Disney, you know, buyout of 20th Century Fox, and the director finally gets a director's cut. That's going to be released. You know, they don't care about the continuity with the MCU. They're just going to release this movie, and so now there's talks that they might just literally put it out on Disney Plus for free. It's like, dude, that's so just sad. But I mean, like, yeah. people complain all the time about how nobody goes to the movies, and it's like we don't have to go to the movies. It's a it's a farce. On like you have so many actors and stuff who want to get pompous to be like, well, there's no art movies in theaters. I don't need to fucking go to a theater to see a marriage story, right? That's not yeah. a cinematic experience to me. A cinematic experience, is something I can't have at home, right? So when I'm watching, you know, slave babes from Beyond Infinity, I want giant <laughs> titties, right? I want something I can't get at home.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, and honestly, if you think about it, who wants to sp- pay? F- Forty five fifty dollars for a bag of popcorn and a soda.
0: F so. that noise. I'll <laughs> waddle my ass to my damn kitchen and I'll get something there.
1: That's it. You ready to get into some statistics? A hundred percent. Yeah, buddy. So with a budget of a cool 17 million, how much would you say that they grossed in the movie the past?
0: <sighs> I'm gonna go negative 14.5 million.
1: <laughs> well, actually, they top that by 17.6 mil. So, if you have negative and then you have the positive. So, yeah, they only made 3.6 mil. It's <sighs> It wasn't great. It wasn't great. But then again, I mean, so you look at, okay, the competition for this film was Eesh. not great. It was not great. And what I mean by not great, as in the competition was amazing, right? So, it was smashed together with Empire Strikes Back, February 21st you have Vegas Vacation. The special vacation. edition, for those of you who are like, oh
0: my god, this movie's I'm watching The Wrong, The Pest. No, you're right. right.
1: That's true, that's true. I'm sorry. I, I forgot to include, it was the special edition that came out. But it was still a, like a box office smash. Oh, for sure. Right? That was the, because, my first time being able to see that movie in theaters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have Vegas Vacation came out on February 14th. You have Donnie Brasco that came out on February 28th. The same day, you had Dante's Peak The the Beautician and the Beast, which uh, I got nothing there. And Suburbia, which again, I'm like, "Ah, I don't really know what that is. But
0: Google Suburbia movie. Oh, my God. This is the most. Oh, this is a 1983 one. There's one where it's a drama slash punk rock movie. Uh, Let's put it in 1997 then. Suburbia. Oh, this looks bad! <laughs> oh my God, it looks so bad. You need to Google it. This is what the '90s look like. Oh God, I'm so glad that decade died. It's actually based on a book written by Eric Bogosian. Which the only reason I mention that is because Bogosian
1: is fun to say. Try it, Brian. Bogosian. Bogosian. Just looking at the the cover of the movie, it looks like it would be like a CD cover for like a Skawband or something, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, maybe same day competition wasn't terrible. Dante's Peak is what I feel like I would choose to go see. Oh, hell yeah. Right. What do you think about the runtime?
0: Uh, On the film, what is it? 85 minutes, 84 minutes? I think it's a little bit. It feels a little stretched, if I'm honest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely under the special 90-minute beautiful mark. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that, which is kind of saying a lot, right? Because you're like, oh, dude, it's it's under an hour and a half. It's a comedy, and you don't really have to pay too much attention. But I agree with you. I think the second half of the film, like, the, it just kind of drags on, right?
0: Yeah, and the fact that and- they go back to the fucking shower sequence to pad it for length is like, what the fuck hacky shit is
1: that? Yeah, yeah. I feel like anything after the hunt itself and maybe him escaping is just like excess filler that you don't need.
0: Oh, 100%. You don't need it to wind down. And on a high note, you know, you don't need any kind of resolution at all. The fact is like the whole like, (laughs) oh, I conned him because I'm a con man. I was like, eh, that's anticlimactic. (laughs) Directed by Paul Miller. Paul Miller actually plays the father of the kid going through the bat mitzvah.
1: So he has a cameo. It's pretty cool. Oh shit, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> he uh, apparently directed basically all of the Saturday Night Lives, which is kind of cool. I mean a good majority of them. I shouldn't say all of them, because there's a fuck ton of them. He is currently responsible for producing and directing all of Comedy Central's stand-up comedy productions. He won two primetime Emmys and has directed countless stand-up comedian specials such as Lewis Black, Kathy Griffin, and any of your uh standard comedy central presents
0: which is awesome i mean those things but pre-netflix that was the best way to get your shit out there yeah absolutely and then it was
1: written by david bar he wrote the screenplay in three damn days i believe it <laughs> it doesn't seem like he took much thought into this
0: no i think it's a lot of on-screen improvisation and the fact that it took three days is probably why they had to pad for time both at the beginning and the end <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, it also it it doesn't hurt that one of the other writers of the film is the star of the film. So you just kind of bounce ideas back and forth and be like, oh, yeah. And then this would be really great to add in. And they just literally write everything down and be like, yep, okay, we have a movie.
0: Well, remember what (laughs) happened when we had the comedian kind of cutting in and doing the
1: rewrites on So I Married an Axe Murderer? You're like, ooh, yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if, like, behind the scenes, how much of this David Barkatz really hated, right? Ooh, he's I like, yeah, 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 it's, oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. And then he, like, goes back to his wife and he's like, I fucking hate this shit. I hate John Leguizamo. Like I'm going to hunt him <laughs> down on an island. <laughs> it was produced by Robert A. Papaya. Papazian. Papazian. Robert A. Papazian is a producer and production manager known for Nash Bridges, Rome, and Inherit the Wind. That's pretty great. It was also produced
0: by Sid Sheinberg. Oh, you know the guy who was the president of MCA and Universal Studios? The guy who discovered Steven Spielberg? The guy who's responsible for Jaws and Schindler's List and Jurassic Park and E.T.? Yeah, this movie's
1: on his record, too. That's, yeah, it almost seems like it makes no sense whatsoever. Back to that the butt fucking future.
0: And then there's this movie. How the fuck are you <laughs> gonna say that to me with a straight face? Yeah, man. I mean,
1: you gotta start somewhere, right? And you gotta end somewhere.
0: But then he like he <laughs> continued to, like he only died in 2019. So he was the head of Universal for over forty feckin' years. So yeah, you can't win them all, I guess what you can
1: say. There you go. There but you like,
0: go. Think about it this way. If you're already in your fucking 60s, 70s, when the, you're producing this movie, I don't even know what the fuck kids are doing when it comes to like TikTok and Fortnite and stuff. And I'm sure those references are already dated and I'm in my <laughs> 30s. So imagine being twice that plus and be like, I don't know. None of it makes sense to me. So let's just try it and see what happens. Right. You kids seem like you know what you're
1: doing. Fuck it. Let's roll with it. Exactly. <laughs>
0: We didn't make films like this back in my day, but then again, they were all talkies in black and white. <laughs>
1: Racist. Whoa. So then you have music by Rom Malko. He was a music producer, and you might recognize him in the work that he's been in. Weeds, Forty Year Old Virgin. He was one of his friends. I want to say this is where I want. Oh God, what's his name? Michael Scott. It's not Michael Scott. <laughs> Steve Carell. <laughs> Steve Carell. I'm like, it's always Michael Scott he's like talking to him and he's trying to describe what feeling um, breasts are like. And he's like, it's like a bag of sand. He's like, you're a virgin. (laughs) He also, (laughs) he also is the guy that basically says, don't put a pussy on a pedestal. They have like this huge.
0: Oh, that's what your tramp stamp tattoo is for. I never knew what the (laughs) quote was attributed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So Brian, let me ask you a quick question. If I had planned to make a reference using this guy's name and I, I wonder if you would get it. So if you will engage me, when you said that I would recognize Ron Malco, I was going to be like, because Amadeus, Rock um, uh, r- Amadeus. Oh, 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 Amadeus. You know what? I'm, oh, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. And yeah, I'm looking at you and you're staring blankly at I me. Mean, do you know the name? The Sorry, artist, so it's like, like,
1: Rock me, Amadeus. Rock me, Amadeus.
0: Yeah. Do you know who's saying it? No. Falco. Like Malco. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I was like, uh, Adam Ant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every time I hear Adamant, I'm always like, I just, I love to envision a bunch of like little versions of him, like hugging <laughs> Wolverine's bones and be like, it's okay, with are
1: Somebody else that did a lot of music was Richard Rudolph and he did Final Fantasy, My Spy, Us, Megamind, and Seven Pounds. So the guy's done quite a bit of work. Oh, no. And
0: then- <sighs> if you've never seen Megamind, you're doing yourself a disservice. It
1: is fucking delightful. It's really, really good. And if you thought to yourself, hmm, I wonder what Jonah Hill would look like as a cartoon character. <laughs> Dude, it's creepy, right? <laughs> when it's that head on like the flexy body,
0: I'm like, uh, this is making me feel all sorts of weird stuff in my naughty bits.
1: <laughs> That's good. And then I also just wanted to make note of the beginning song of Voodoo Mambo. Right? Because it gets stuck in A little in my bit head. of Monica. It, whoa. It's definitely not that okay, one. Okay, sorry. That's voodoo used, mambo number five. It's used five. in the shower scene, the beginning and the end of the film. It was written by Richard Rudolph, Ron Malco, and John Leguizamo. Like, Does any
0: talk the, about like a booger sticking to your finger and stuff at one point?
1: <laughs> Dude, I looked up the lyrics and I was almost going to add a little bit of the lyrics to this, but they're so batshit crazy that I'm just like, ah, you know what? Ah, I'm good. Are you going to try and sing them now? <laughs> I'm not going to sing them,
0: but I might do them in the voice of Michael Myers from So I Married an Ac- Oh, my oh God. God. This is I like to party with my peep, cruise and creep, play three-card Monty on these crazy streets, straight hustler, I'm going to scam in a minute, so low to the floor, pick the pocket on a midget, slick shyster, <laughs> pet meister, living life in Miami's vice, Maya see nobody's messin' with the frog see where you Messiah now na 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 nice lady I'm hurting I'm hurting I'm sexy but I'm hurting all right already I'm ridiculous like a booger I stick to this take a whiff of this one stinky dinky ha 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 two stinky dinky Ha ha ha! <laughs> Old school beat meets Latin freak, and you can't stop. Old school beat meets. Oh my God! There's a whole fucking other
1: page. This? Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, it's super long, man. And I thought you can,
0: that I was done.
1: I was. Oh. I, I feel like he put a lot of thought into this, and honestly, it's a little poetic.
0: I'm a let I'm a Latin Houdini, disappear in a flash with your cash, and I'm back like a genie. Oh yeah.
1: Get the stupid, of, like, get
0: retarded, cause Pestle get this party started. I feel like the, the Black Eyed of, Peas ripped this guy off.
1: Yeah, no shit, right? The amount of props that are used, like in just this little intro, like music video, almost is kind of fun, right? So he has like the Cleopatra head, uh, Cleopatra head the headdress, I guess. He has the big cigar. He has yeah. the he has the gold tooth. He has the Dracula outfit. I mean, oh yeah. Fuck. It's like that's the budget of of the film right there, (laughs) right? You want to get into nicknames? Nicknames, nicknames. So John Leguizamo, Pestario Pest Vargas. Have anything for him? Clown, because he's
0: a clown Clown. in this movie, but he's also the violator, the vindicator, the penetrator.
1: Yeah, I like it. Have I ever
0: told you? Anytime I think of the word dead, I think of clown. When he goes D E D -D," dead.
1: Nice. Spawn I need to was watch in my formative years, again. man. You got to remember that. I was going to say, I got to watch that movie again. It's so great. And it, it did so poorly, which yeah. is really sad.
0: A lot of people really hate on that movie. I'm like, compared to what? Like, yeah. honestly, you want to tell me that Spawn is worse than the first Superman, where he reverses time by spinning the Earth backwards? You want to insult my intelligence and say that? The fuck Were they
1: here. once upon a time going to
0: remake Spawn? Yeah, with uh, Jamie Foxx, and Todd McFarlane was actually set to direct it, and then it's been postponed, and blah, 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 and the last fucking thing I want to see in the world is Todd McFarlane direct anything, but Todd McFarlane is a very interesting fella, or McFarlane, uh, I actually recently was listening to an interview with him where he was like, I would have been a baseball player, and then got injured and was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to become like the entrepreneur of all things,
1: and... Basically, reinvent collectorship, huh? That's interesting. I don't know if I really like Jamie Fox as spawn. I don't know. I can't, I kind of feel like I'm leaning towards that Ezra dude. I like him a lot. The guy that's supposed to play uh, 007 uh, Idris Elba. I, I, is it Idris? Idris, I don't know what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to sit farm <laughs> you. Is it, are you no, talking? About- yeah, I, th- I, I thought it was name was like Ezra or something, but apparently it's Ezra not. It's Miller's Idris? The Flash. He's a white kid though. Oh. oh, is it Idris? Yeah, he's he tested positive for the Idris Elba. Yes, that's the dude. I feel like you would be a better spawn than Jamie Foxx, but I feel like Jamie Foxx isn't tall enough.
0: Yeah, but you know, every time I doubt Jamie Foxx, he does something cool. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like, what was that
0: movie? Was the Law Abiding Citizen where the guy, where Gerard Butler, blows up a lady's head with her phone? You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, that's he a great movie. Rules in that, I movie. Like that movie. Yeah. See. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like you like that movie a lot with Jamie Foxx because he's the lawyer and he ends up like <laughs> beating everybody. And you're like, yeah, that's Take me. That, <laughs> Wait, he's a lawyer in that, right? I think he is.
0: Did you have a nickname for him?
1: I was just going to go with Pest. So that's really, really bad. So let's go with Clown. I like that. A little, little tidbits on John Leguizamo. So he was in again he was in Moulin Rouge, Spawn, Romeo and Juliet, John Wick, Ice Age, Super Mario Brothers. He was accepted into Lee Strasberg's Actor Studio and studied with the master for one whole day before he died. <laughs> Ooh. John quoted in saying, "I have that effect on people." <laughs> Yikes. Hey, for, his role in Ice Age, for his role in Ice Age in 2002, he tried a variety of different speaking voices for his character, Sid. After watching several hours of Discovery Channel footage of sloths. You, could you imagine getting paid to do this? Like, for yeah, research? It's, and it's a tax write-off? Yeah, yeah, Fuck yeah. <laughs> Watch some sloths for a little bit. He developed the lisp because sloths store food in their cheeks. That's pretty clever, actually. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of interesting. Mentioned on the Bob and Tom show that he turned down the role of Tom Hanks' boyfriend in Philadelphia to do Super Mario Brothers. Dude,
2: Ugh. that's
0: super fucking progressive, <laughs> though. I think this dude did two Wong Foos, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Like that was the
1: 90s. That is not, no woo. People were still mecha yeah, but homophobic. I mean, as far as Philadelphia, I mean, didn't Philadelphia win some awards? Yeah yeah so i mean you look at one compared to the other and you're like oh i really love the fact that he did super mario brothers but
0: <laughs> as somebody whose gay family member died of aids i feel like that movie's exploitative right just like oh, dallas Buyers yeah. club like you pull at heartstrings or whatever but basically you're capitalizing if you were making that as like a psa for sure if you're making that as a means of like financing research something for sure but you're just doing it and I, I I have no interest in it, but that's just me. I'm obviously, I'm yeah. obviously not the norm with my background. So, yeah. Next,
1: we have Jeffrey Jones as Gustav Schenk. Jeff Jones. I like to call him. I mean, honestly, I just want to call him pedo. But, Great, dude, right? <laughs> not cool. but that has nothing to that's not referencing anything within his work of uh, film. So that wouldn't exactly be fair. No, I think it's fair. I think when you do what he's done, <laughs> you're just done. Which I'm actually going to get into in a little bit. So he his known work is Amadeus. Uh, I feel like we were just Falco. singing about that. <laughs> he was in Howard the Duck, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sleepy Hollow, Devil's Advocate, and Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice. And now to get into the gross details. In November 2002, after having been accused of hiring a 14-year-old boy to pose for sexually explicit photographs, Jones was charged with one felony count of employing a minor for purposes of taking sexually explicit photos and a misdemeanor count of possessing child pornography and released on $20,000 bail. Which I feel like is a a low amount for what's going on here. But then again... uh, Maybe it's 2002 money, whatever. In July 2003, after pleading no contest to the felony charge, he was placed on a sex offender register, given five years probation in order to undergo counseling. The misdemeanor charge of possession or control of child pornography was dropped, but it's on the internet, so nobody forgets.
0: He was actually in the Deadwood movie in 2019, Seven Days, 10.0 Earthquakes. I mean, these aren't great films, but he's still making a living. And it's like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, honestly, I feel like if, if any of these movies have like kid actors as like side stand-ins or whatnot, as a parent, I'm just like, um, nah, we'll pass, you know, it just seems really creepy.
0: Yeah, I can't, you know, I try to be like a positive person and think about like, oh yeah, you know, people like being resuscitated recuperating fixing the problems making good on what they do but there are certain things I just like I, I have a mental block I
1: cannot be nice about and it's like that's it goodbye you are dead right I mean I you know especially somebody that has young children so it's- yeah for sure if
0: homeboy wanted to take pictures of my kids he would not get probation he would get decapitated
1: <laughs> exactly exactly so let's move on to some little more chipper characters here. We have Freddie Rodriguez as Ninja. You might recognize him as the guy that was in Planet Terror. Right on. Right? You remember that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Although, you know what? I feel like it doesn't get as much coverage as Death Proof, just because of Kurt Russell. But... Yeah, dude, I'll
0: I'll say that. And also, in Planet Terror, we're really talking about Lake Lady more than anybody
1: else, right? That's true. That's true. What's her name? She was in the Fast and Furious stuff. No, it wasn't it's Fast Rose and Furious McGowan. Girl, was it? It's Rose Is it really? Why did I think it was the chick from Fast and Furious? But I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, it's Rose McGowan. Okay, I was worried. <laughs> I take it back. It's Rose McGowan. And next you have Aries Spears. Who was like, he was Mr. Mad TV forever, right? Oh yeah, I mean every single skit essentially had him in it, and what was his name? Will Sasso. Yep. And uh, was it Michael McDonald, the guy who did Stewart? No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are like the three, like Godfathers of that show, and then maybe, the girl that says he looking like a man. Oh <laughs> yeah, Alex Berenstein. She's
0: on the fucking marvelous Miss Maisel and Family Guy. Like that lady's Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So. I mean, Mad TV was, like, I feel like ahead of its time, honestly. In some ways. Obviously, you can say, like, well, SNL and everything else. There's a certain degree of, like, meme culture that came out of Mad TV, though. Like, I
0: feel that when it comes to uh, Saturday Night Live, it's a lot more sketches, and, and it's trying to take itself as, like, legitimate comedy, whereas Mad TV was, like, exploitatively bad because even if the jokes failed, you were laughing at it. You know, it's this weird right. kind of meta humor where it was like making fun of its presentation in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, you can honestly probably compare this and SNL or Mad TV and SNL to like the Seinfeld and Frasier, right? Ooh, I could see that for sure. You have like the people that the Mad TV and the Seinfeld, and they're just like almost seems like it's the age group, right? Where it's like, okay, you're like the the late teens to like mid twenties. And then anything after that is SNL.
0: Another comparison I would do would be Married with Children or Unhappily Ever After, the Nikki Cox show, where it was basically the same kind of dystopian family or whatever, but the dad had a talking bunny for a best friend. Do you remember that at all? No, oh, I never I never saw that. Yeah, it went on for five seasons. Like it's crazy. Like nobody fucking huh. remembers that show at all. But it's actually Bobcat Goldthwaite played the little bunny named Mr. Floppy. But yeah, it's like a version where it's like it's not a beloved
1: show, but it's a show and there were redeeming yeah. qualities to it. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like Mad TV in a lot of ways is kind of similar to like all that yes. right as well. So then you, you have like, a, you know, this younger generation watching all that and then it goes to Mad TV. Then it goes to Seinfeld and maybe Friends, I guess. But I mean, it's all kind of. Around the same type of like humor, right?
0: Yeah, I think there's a certain degree of timelessness that goes with a lot of Saturday Night Live sketches. Whereas, like, all of that and Mad TV are very like, oh, this was the 90s. Like, this is so <laughs> clearly, it, it dates in a weird way. But then now we've gotten, we're over 20 years from the 90s where you're like, oh shit, this is a quaintness to it that I appreciate.
1: Right. Next, you have Tom McClayster. McLeister? McLeister, yeah. Which is kind of an interesting name. It kind of makes it sound like he maybe No, that doesn't make sense. I was going to say he's Scottish, but no, Tom McLeister is Leo, who plays the Austrian. I'm like, oh yeah, he's the Scottish dude. No, he's actually supposed to be the Austrian death machine. No, that's the, <laughs> the Adelaide Dying sideband, but... Uh...
0: Living tissue on the metal endoskeleton.
1: <laughs> exactly. So Tom McLeister, he played Leo. Uh, I don't have anything for him. I mean, he it seemed like he had a scar on the side of his face. I was going to call him Scarface. But... Done deal. That, I mean, I have literally okay. nothing better for it. <laughs> yeah. He was in Twins, which is super funny, right? I was looking at his work. I'm like, I don't re- remember him in Twins, but apparently he is in Twins.
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger made more money off that movie than all of his other movies. No way. Is that yep. true? Because it, they couldn't pay him up front, so he took a... percentage of the film and so that film was hugely popular when it came to like basic cable and renting and stuff so he made so 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 much money off the back end that he has multiple times said that's the most financially successful film he's ever done
1: that's so awesome that's so cool
0: and he was already like a millionaire by the time he started like being in films in the United States a lot of people don't know that that dude's like super legit he might have slung his dick into his housekeeper but damn he's a
1: legit dude You have Joe Morton as Mr. Kent. You might recognize him as the scientist that created all of the evil things in Terminator 2 Judgment Day.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember
1: him. Yeah, he was like the shivering guy. I don't that gets know shot.
0: how much longer yeah. I can hold this. That's me yeah, when I, exactly. uh, if I drink coffee in the morning and I have to take a shit. <laughs> that's me talking to my sphincter and then everything yeah, blows up. It's the same exact thing every day.
1: The guy's been in a lot of shit. He was in Terminator 2. He was in Speed. He was the captain, if you recall, in Speed. He was in Godzilla in the two two 2019 film. Oh, you mean the and movie that- where
0: Godzilla's in it for all of four seconds? Yeah, I remember that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one where they're exploiting the fuck out of all of you Godzilla fans. Mm-hmm. Did not do well. Was
0: it 2019? Then, I think it was... 2019 it would have been King of
1: Monsters. Unless it's 2018. Could be wrong. Yeah, Godzilla King of Monsters. Oh, okay right 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 then you have eduardo ballerini the ba- ballerina and Ed- i have that's ballerina. perfect to me. <laughs> no i mean his name his name in the movie is Himmel shank uh he was the son I, I i mean i have nothing so i guess ballerina works i was gonna call him try curious because he'll try anything once if you know what i'm saying what what if we just call him cocteau ah good <laughs> All right. He was in The Sopranos also, and he was also in Boardwalk Empire. Hell yeah! We ready to get the recapitation? Let's do it! All right. So for the recapitation, you have fast-talking Latino con artist Pestario Pest Vargas, and he is the target of Scottish mobsters, and he owes them a shit ton of money. I think it's like fifty grand, and he's willing to do basically anything to make up for that. and he gets conned. The con artist gets conned into being hunted for 24 hours. And well, I don't know if you would really call it con, right? Because he finds out that he's getting hunted and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally cool with that, right? Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "If it's
0: life or death, but he's like bound by a contract. So he's like, I guess I just have no choice. It's like you have all sorts of choices. Like that's not a legally enforceable contract, my little friend.
1: Well, you ready to get into the by play?
0: Let's do it. It starts off with the weirdest opening of a movie I've seen in a long time with John Leguizamo singing to himself in the shower. I mean, he is so hyperactive in this. It blows my goddamn
1: mind. Yeah, honestly, it's ADD. It's ADHD. If you could imagine what a kid that has ADHD and just like snorted some pixie dust, this is probably it.
0: A 100%. Like this movie, I don't know. This movie, if you distilled it into just this, like if there's, you know, people talk about like the pull quotes, right? Like when we did in the mouth of madness, everybody's like, oh, everybody does the quote. Do you read Sutter Kane? Like, if I was to distill this movie into one image, it's him in the shower going buck wild on himself in yeah, the the, like, the
1: fucking Iliad and the Odyssey length rap. <laughs> it's completely bizarre, and you know it progresses from him going and taking a shower to saying hi to his family and how his family just absolutely just hates him or at least his dad does and he's just like oh what's up my failure of a son you know he's like hey what's up pops how's it going and then the mom's like oh my god i love you so much they do a little dance routine and then he he bounces right and he's he's heading off to work he sees these kids and (laughs) it just it's reminiscent of Billy Madison to me, I right? Do that. Where sure. like they play the dodgeball and he just like beans the fuck out of people. So like these kids On are top. talking shit and he's like, All right, well, you know, put your money where your mouth is or your sack lunches, basically, and he fucking schools them, right? There's these little Fat kid, I guess. And they're all making fun of him. He's like, all right, me and this kid against you guys. And the the kid's up next to the basket. He lifts him up and slam dunk. And then that's that, you know. He gets their, their lunches and he's on his way, right? He gets picked up by his homies. And then they go to like some Latin festival, I guess. This right?
0: part reminded me of Meals on Wheels with Jackie Chan, if you've ever seen it. I have not. It's not his and finest hour, it, but it's
1: fine. Why does it remind you of that?
0: Just the feel, the like kind of outdoor festival kind of thing going on.
1: No, I feel like anytime I think of like a festival in Miami, I always think of like, is it called Carnival? Is that an actual thing? Yeah, right. Where it's like like colors, like vibrant colors everywhere. Everybody's in like speedos, and like women are in their what fucking bikinis. God damn it, words are hard.
0: Yeah, I always think of. Have you ever seen? No, there's an outdoor. God damn it. Why does John, why does John claude Van Damme have to be a very popular dancer? <laughs> because I, I Googled it. Cause I want it. He's in Breakin' in 1984 when I Googled it. Cause I wanted to be sure I thought it was breaking, but I was making sure it wasn't anything else. And then it was like his famous kickboxer dance. And I was like, God damn it. I know it's not that, but there's a scene in Breakin' where he's in the background. He's in this like spandex thing. And he's like dancing. And uh, I think of that every time I think of like outdoor. I think of that with like Venice Beach and Muscle Beach. And, you know,
1: doesn't he doesn't he do dance moves in like a lot of his films? Like, I feel like he does a dance move in like Bloodsport as well, where he's like dancing around and stuff. I could be wrong, but I feel like I should know because I've seen Bloodsport entirely way too many times. Put up your dukes. Well, he Frank does it in who? kickboxer. I don't remember him doing it in blood sport, but I could be Maybe wrong. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking of kickboxer then.
0: It's definitely possible. I mean
1: it's it's like a it's like a well known gif, right? Yeah, like... that, that would be the kickboxer <laughs> one for sure. Okay, yeah. So when it comes to the festival, you have the pest and his latest con is where he tries to act like he's blind. And do you think it's hilarious how he's just like, Oh, I'm blind, I'm just gonna roll my eyes into the back of my head and I'm blind. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know what? They are in Florida. Sorry for all of our Florida fans. (laughs) Hey, after what I saw in the Tiger King, Florida,
0: Oklahoma, it's all toxic wasteland to me. (laughs) They all are crazy. But yeah, this movie is like, it's racist. It's sexist. It's ableist. It's it's amazing to me that there isn't (laughs) like a rallying cry from people who are as liberal as I am to be like, you need to take this movie off Amazon, Jeff Bezos, because it's the devil.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, for $3 to rent it, I, it's fucking (laughs) super easy. I'm like, Oh, let me think about it. Click. (laughs) Take my money. Right. So he's playing his little game, right? With the coconuts. And he obviously knows what he's doing. He can see he's not blind. And shocker, uh, he you you have your first intro to Gustav, and he's looking around with his binoculars trying to find the right specimen and he comes across that like super athletic guy that's getting played by the pest at the time. He's like, "Ooh, I think I found him yeah and then he gives it to Leo and he's like, "Leo, I want that guy." and then of course, Leo's like, the pest that you want that guy? Oh okay, okay sure, sure, why not? Whatever um, Lola wants, Lola gets right. So then you, you get your first indu- introduction to the Scotsman, the Scottish mob, which is funny because it's not the Irish mob, it's yeah. the Scottish mob, right? And <laughs> they, apparently, apparently the Irish mob is too expensive for the film. <laughs> <laughs> so they show up and you know, they're like, okay, well, so Angus needs his money, he needs his 50 grand, what's going on? And, and the pest plays it off like, oh, I'm still blind, blah, blah, blah. And then he pants them both and one of the guys i'm not exactly sure really
0: lace underpants
1: it's it's something it's definitely something so weird uh, you you see a lot of flub i'm just saying right now there's there's a lot of something going on there uh he he gets away and then he puts on his costume which is like super, super racist. racist dude it's super literally racist. the
0: craziest thing i've ever heard <laughs> and then he cons his boss by like he's like okay well Cracky, yeah my my pet duck and then the guy like feels bad for him and then he eats his own duck allegedly (laughs) and then he has to go to deliver food in a fucking go-kart like what is is this movie
1: that go-kart was fucking amazing though every time I saw it like as a kid I'm just like why can't I have a go-kart like that why don't my parents love me that much (laughs) it would would be amazing so he delivers the food and it's go figure it's to go stuff Uh, He finally gets there and he meets him. Gustav tells him all about how his family has like a scholarship fund and they want to offer it to young, unfortunate ethnic kids, you know, within the (laughs) neighborhood or something like that. Because it's essentially is like him being this super racist freaking German who's like, oh, you filthy people who aren't where I'm from basically and so he's like oh, you know I you can take it if you want or you know I can offer it to somebody else and he's like, oh yeah dude where do I sign? he's like yeah just sign on the dotted line you just got to go through some tests and I thought that was this part was really fun right because it reminded me of like a uh, man yes right? exactly did you mention yeah okay so like especially like, you know when he like blows the ping pong yeah <laughs> he just like falls over. Yeah, it's really great. So you have him spinning around on this thing, which doesn't equate to anything that he would be doing on the island. (laughs) Literally no (laughs) G-forces at all. (laughs) So, you know, he ends up signing and he's like, okay, Gustav's like, okay, well, let's go on this like fun little hunt on my private island and, you know, we'll make a, we'll make a toast of it. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. Why not? So you have the pest and Gustav and everybody flying over to his island. As soon as he gets there, uh, you come across Himmel, right? And What a weird weird. dude, right? What a weird dude. And he totally totally plays it off, right? And he he goes into this little rant about how he gets locked into his room like weeks at a time with a snake. (laughs) And you find out this snake's name is Cocteau. And it is, quote from the past he says oh from the french playwright and he said no from my two favorite body parts (laughs) oh that's so gross (laughs) it's so so funny and it's so like corny and like a little kid it's almost like a fart joke right and you're just like (laughs) i see what he did there i love it it's so gnarly yeah yeah you know he tells him that you know my dad's really here just to to kill you. So I'm just giving you a heads up. And, he, you know, the pass is like, ah, whatever. I think you're a little weird. Get away from me. He falls through a trap door, ends up going into the like trophy room where he sees like all of these heads everywhere and they're all in like, the, like, excruciating, like, almost like death stills of like what they would look like when they get decapitated. It's so
0: dark too, man. Like it it's so racist and awful, but then like he's not much I mean sure he's not a murderer, but he's fucking racist too. It's just like this is such a weird like time capsule movie. Like imagine them trying to put this movie out today. Like it would blow. No, no, no fucking mind. way.
1: No fucking way. So You know, they end up going out to the courtyard and they explain the rules of what's happening. He has 24 hours to survive, and then he'll get 50 grand. And he's like, "Well, what the fuck? I don't get a gun. This is stupid." And they're like, "No, you get a gun. Here it is. It's like the tiniest little pea shooter, like ever. I mean, I I mean, it probably still do some damage, but you got to be like two feet away from the guy to make sure you even hit him. So he runs off, immediately falls down a hill." was he land next to a fucking snake and then you have this whole little like almost ace ventura little
0: exactly right like it's trying to be i mentioned exactly this earlier like this movie is like watching like he was like oh this is like ace like i want to be ace ventura but everything is ramped up you know what i mean like jim yeah. carrey was already like the uh, like extreme and then like was almost like no 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 you're not extreme <laughs> enough i'll show you it's the one upper, right? Yeah, there's a whole other fucking
1: gear above Jim Carrey and it's John Leguizamo <laughs> in this movie. So then you find out that apparently the pest has some kind of survival skills, right? Because he sets up the typical trap that you see in like all of these like movies that are in the woods, and somehow he came across rope and axes to cut down a giant log right. and a net and everything else. And I mean, obviously none of this makes any sense and it's all fun and games, but they end up falling into the trap. The sun gets knocked into the water and then the net slings them up in the air. And it's funny because his dad's like, dude, stop being a sissy. And he's like, but I, I am a-, a sissy. I am a sissy father. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny.
0: So eventually link The, clown pest ends up getting on a boat with sissy boy son and they go to the mainland and what's interesting is that this is the biggest payoff of the whole movie and I was like "Wow, wait was this movie actually clever because there's this t- like awful scene where they're just throwing up and throwing up and throwing up on each other and over the side and it comes into play in a huge way later uh, because you find out that the drink that he was given to toast this whole event was poison and as a backup right. it was supposed to kill him if the dad couldn't do it But he puked it all out, so he lived. And it's like, oh, what? it wasn't just gross? Like, there was a purpose to this? It's so weird. It's
1: it's not just crude humor. There's actually a thought process behind it. And if you looked at it closely, it almost looked like there was, like, rice spewed all over his face. And you're like,
2: oh. It's from when he ate quacky, dude.
1: Continuity. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually true. So So
0: we've established that he has this girlfriend, and she has a really annoying friend. But they have this little interaction where basically the girlfriend's like, hey, I want you to meet my parents. So even though he's in the middle of the game, he decides he's going to go and meet with her parents. And then he's hunted to there based on his ball sweat, if I'm not mistaken. Right.
1: And then racism ensues. Oh, so much. (laughs) He shows up to the house. He's wearing his like full ensemble. He's got like an afro. I'm so
0: relieved he didn't do blackface, though. Like I legitimately (laughs) suspected that he would.
1: Yeah, yeah. At this point, I mean, it's all fair game, and it's crazy, right? He like goes up to the mom, smacks her on the ass. Goes up to the dad, and he's like, "Kill Whitey, you know, free Angela Davis and everything else." And the dad's like, "Who's Angela Davis?" <laughs> Thought that was pretty good. Awesome. So they were tracking him the entire time because apparently Leo put a tracker in his underwear, and so his underwear apparently is malfunctioning. His underwear is his tracker is malfunctioning his, his underwear catches fire he goes rushing upstairs and then this is where gustav appears and gustav has this massive freaking dart gun looks like it came from i don't know space or some shit it's, it's crazy right so he he ends up shooting he fucking takes out like the entire family right which looks bad, like optics wise. You're like this big white German dude taking Eesh. out a whole. <laughs> People love color. Not, being victimized right. by a rich white man. No, <laughs> not good. Not good. Then you have ninja jump out of nowhere. He gets killed. He doesn't get killed. He gets shot with a dart. And they, you're like, they book it.
0: No ninja. No
1: ninja. No. Right. Right. I think it's crazy how they book it to a synagogue. They're like, hey, where should we go? Where's the last place crazy <laughs> where, Germans going Where's left? the last
0: people who we should be racist against in Hollywood?
1: Hey. Yeah, exactly. So they do their little spiel in, in, at the synagogue, and this is where who was doing a cameo? One of the guys, right, that directed the film?
0: Yeah, it's the director, because the, the writer of the film does the cameo before they go into the club. Where he's like, oh, oh, it's not evil. It's it's not mad. It's angry or some weird shit. Oh, is that is is that
1: one of the the guys? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool, dude. That's such a random part, right? Where they're like trying to get into the nightclub, and the guy's like, oh, this it's not mad. It's I don't know. He says something. Don't get stupid. mad. Get glad. Remember that? Yeah, ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I, you know what? I remember when I was a kid. I thought this was the coolest thing ever, and I wanted my car to turn into a giant boombox. <laughs> it For made sure. no sense whatsoever and Dude, this is what happens fucking... if sound
0: wave turns into a fucking car it's awesome
1: oh that's totally true i didn't even think about that so they have this little like beat off right no that sounds really wrong oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 they have a base off you could call it a base off a base off face off it's like a face off but it's a base off and the white guys are like oh put in the cassette and it's like what is it? I love rock and roll. And you're like, uh, oh, God, really? you just fucking yeah. killed it. Yeah. So they go into the nightclub and he immediately sees all these Scotsmen looking for him. And he's like, oh, fuck, I got to find a disguise and go figure. You have the Asian man going into the bathroom and you're like, yep, he's going to do it again. He's, yep. he's going back to what worked beforehand. So he comes out and he's got the glasses on, the the haircut and everything. He goes and does what does he do? He does karaoke, karaoke because Asians love karaoke, right? That's a thing. I feel like everybody loves karaoke though. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's like Give a, me a cultural
0: thing and- there though. Let me tell you, I've had to that's true. So, wine yeah. and dine enough clients. It's oh man, I remember once it was like <laughs> three attorneys and one client, and we're in this like bar in K Town. And we're all singing and Shiuk refuses to sing because she
1: just wants to watch us. I'm like, what is happening? This is weird. Oh, it's so <laughs> awful. I think it's pretty good, though. The the song that he does is like the, the Bonanza song. I, th- it's, I don't know. I thought it was pretty
0: Bonanza. good.
1: Bonanza. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: another thing where I'm like, what the fuck is happening with this movie?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So he uses his pheromones to squirt on the guy. So everybody wants to fuck him, including his own son, who's like, Father, I feel funny. He flees. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, you're gonna meet me at the dock because I'm gonna kill your family. But why is he gonna waste his time killing his family if he knows the poison's gonna work? But whatever. There's a showdown at the docks.
1: A showdown at the docks, man. And I don't know what it was, but I feel like I saw something like this and like lethal weapon. Oh, yeah, I can spawn. see that Is there like something that has to do with like boats where they're like fighting somebody and they're like hiding or going up and down stairs in boats and shit? I don't know. I feel like it was something to do with Lethal Weapon, but I could be wrong. Anyways, he, he plays his fun games where he leaves his little handheld walkie-talkie and he's misdirecting where he's at and it's a bit played out, right? It is. You're just like, okay, we need to end this. This has gone on way too far. Eventually, Gustav turns to how I feel within the movie. And he's like, you know, enough games. I'm just going to kill your girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) I play for keeps, motherfucker. Right. Exactly. So he goes and he has his gun aimed at the girl. And then you have the old switcheroo, right? Where you think it's the pest in this bomb suit. And he's like, oh, cool. There you are, pest. And then lo and behold, it's Chubb's. And pests is up on on top, and he starts shooting. Everybody drops their guns, and you find out that the pest has been poisoned the entire time. And he's like doing a little dance, and he does. I feel like he does the same dance like over and over again. And you can totally tell where they like they cut the movie, and then they read they like have him do the same move but backwards. Yes, right. And you're like, okay, like <laughs> it's so bad. Anyways. He falls over, and Gustav and Leo are like, "Well, I mean, he's dead, so I guess that takes the fun out of it." And they leave. Come to find out, you go and you see Gustav going to the bank. He goes to collect his money before he goes back to Motherland, and he sees a note in his like bank box, and that's all there is. There's no Answer money, the phone. and it says, "Answer the phone." And you're like, Oh, that's so fucking stupid." And what happens next? The phone rings. So he answers it and it's the pest. He's alive. He explains the whole thing, right? Which honestly, if he didn't explain that, okay, I threw up the poison, (laughs) I would would have no idea. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, thank God you actually explained this because nope, nothing. He ends up reporting Gustav to the authorities. Just then all everybody breaks in, you know, he gets arrested he goes outside and you see the pest and he has like, apparently he has a fun little twirly mustache and a monocle. And that makes him like the prime minister of like Germany or something. <laughs> <laughs> and they have this like little like back and forth between each other. Like you're not the prime minister. He's like, if I'm the prime minister, wouldn't I be able to do this? And he like grabs him in the ass and does a bunch of other things. It's just little so random weird. things at the very end that you're just like, okay, you know, whatever. Ninja gets thrown out the limo. You're like, oh shit, Ninja was a guy in this movie. I completely forgot. Yeah, right. He's still alive
0: after he gets ditched. It's so weird. Right. Oh, there's that weird pettiness where Spears is like, oh, you said that he was your best friend. I also left him to fucking die, you idiot.
1: (laughs) Right? And and then the movie ends. That is the movie. Isn't that crazy? That is the end. Well, technically not the end, because the end is the beginning. That just went weird, right? Because the end is basically the shower scene. Yep. Again.
0: I feel like it's so, Groundhog Day. It's the same thing.
1: <laughs> I'm like, wait, did did this movie just restart over and over again? Like it's I don't I don't know. Fucking crazy. You're
0: gonna pair this with drum roll. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So with this movie and and the movies that we're doing this month, we're actually just kind of keeping it similar to what we were doing before, with, it, which is like a horror slash action. I guess you would kind of lean towards like an action kind of movie with this and what I'm pairing it with. And I'm, I'm pairing it with Surviving the Game. If you don't recall, it came out in 1994, and it had Ice-T and Gary Busey. So good. Okay, just those two guys alone. You have to check it out. So essentially, it's a homeless man who is iced tea, is hired as a survival guide for a group of wealthy businessmen on a hunting trip in the mountains, unaware that they are killers who hunt humans for sport and that he is their new prey. It's super cheesy. It is. I mean, I, I think I saw it probably around the same time I watched this, which is weird. It's been about 20, 25 years. Oh, I, all movie. I
0: remember is like the whole like check the barrel of the gun and make sure that it's clear. And I was
1: like, uh mm, <laughs> that's yeah. not how that works, but okay. I distinctly remember like ice tea. He is his like sweet ass dreads he had in this film. It's like super long dreads. He reminded me of like Predator. Thought that was kind of neat. And then, and then I remember there were like heads and jars in like the cabin. And I was like, Whoa, that's fucking crazy. But anyways, yeah. So I think you guys should check out Surviving the Game if you hadn't, and also maybe check out The Pest as well.
0: I think, yeah, uh, they're both worth watching. So we were talking about this. This is definitely like a tragic for me. I know we're not doing that. The the King Fool for me is going to stay Biodome. The reason being, this is a movie that you can watch once a decade because you can enjoy how terrible and how calamitous it is, but... I am so overwhelmed right now, even removed a couple of days (laughs) from watching it. Like I need to detox because it's just too much rattling around in my brain versus biodome. There's a certain artfulness to its
1: simplicity. That's actually really true. Like I was saying earlier to you, maybe off episode when it comes to this movie compared to biodome is I like the source material of this a lot. I mean, I grew up reading the short story I want to say in, in, middle school, I want to say was I think the first time I read the short story and I thought it was really, really cool. And to see it kind of translate over into this, I didn't obviously as a kid, I didn't put two and two together. I just thought this was a fucking hilarious movie and I thought it was great. But looking at it after the fact, I'm like, that's kind of neat how they were able to construe one to the other. Whereas you look at Biodome, the story itself is great. Like the actual structure of everything and What's included. And with that, I think I also agree with you, and that Biodome is just a little bit better to me. I think that's it for tonight, right? So keep in mind,
0: everyone, that if you want weekly bonus content, you have to be a Patreon patron, has to be a $5 or more. Right now, during the coronavirus outbreak and everything, if you send me an impassioned plea and say, Jake, please come on, I have nothing else to live for, I'll happily send it to you, but you have to very specifically reach out to me and seek my pity and make me feel great for helping you out and sending you free content really like let's build me up to the celeb i think i deserve to be right but truly thank you to all of our patreon supporters thank you to everybody who rates subscribes likes does everything honestly it'll blow your mind to how this algorithm just likes to fuck us in the ass when it comes to trying to get in any way famous also the fact that i use terminology like fuck me in the ass Probably is why we're not getting boosted in terms of Spotify <laughs> Defin- and YouTube. Definitely and
1: don't, uh, definitely don't hashtag that.
0: Yeah, I actually the the audiobook app that I use. It's a streaming service, and so I had submitted our podcast to be uploaded onto the service. And for some reason, even though I've given them the RSS feed like three times, I have never actually gotten on there. But anyway, I want to say a serious thank you. If you are you know stressed out right now, you're depressed right now. Make sure that you surround yourself with people who will treat you with respect, who are going to care for you, and you know, create the good mental atmosphere that you want. And if you don't have the people around you to do it, please seek help. There is a tremendous amount of resources out there, and we would just love to make sure that you have them. If you legitimately feel that you you know are desperate and you can't have nowhere else to turn, reach out to us. I personally know counselors and other things that I could direct you to. I'd be happy to do it without ever publicizing the fact that I did so. Uh, So,
1: Brian, is it time to say goodbye this week? Yeah, yeah. If you ain't watching him dying, you ain't really trying.
0: And for Brian and myself, my name is Jake, telling you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. Now that was a war of attrition. If you made it through the film, made it through the commentary about the film, made it through the pandemic going along, and you got to the very end of this episode and are ready for some musical bliss, we have it for you, Gator Shakes, who can be found at Gatorshakes most places and at Gatorshakes.bandcamp.com. They are freaking radical. They have a song that we will be playing for you called Traitor to the Cause. Be sure to check them out, support them in any way that you can, and let them know how you found them. And enjoy Traitor to the Cause by Gator Shakes.